You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go. What's up, guys, and welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 221. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado and artist extraordinaire, Roshan Warner, at Roro. Hello, hello. Discord has made a few changes recently with uh, like the mobile app and stuff like that. And they also added a new game called Colonist. I don't know how I feel right now. <laughs> I feel a little uncomfortable here in this chat. That's weird. What the heck? <laughs> just kidding. I'm just joking around. They created a game oh, called... Oh, it's like... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like... Um, what is that tabletop uh, game people like so much? Like Risk. Uh, I, risk, yeah. I oh, risk yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It is like Risk. Yeah. Hmm. Never played Risk Same. either. But. Same. <laughs> <laughs> We're also joined by the host of Large Popcorn and video producer at Dual Shockers, Christian Macias at Ooh. underscore ISO Christian. Uh, please wrap it, wrap it up, Dan. Let's move on <laughs> to the next person of the intro. Yeah, I will wrap it up with the DMZ <laughs> daddy and the Tarkov Teletubby himself, Gage Dempster at Gilbo Biggins. Happy to be here, Daniel. Nice, nice. And who else are we happy to have here? Everyone who is watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on youtube.com slash at podcast PXN and twitch.tv slash podcast PXN as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is our discussion around the Game Awards 2023 uh, we got some announcements, some awards, and also we're going to talk about how to make the Game Awards better moving forward. But first, the show always starts with the quick bites, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Guys, you might have heard of this. The Old Gods of Asgard album Rebirth from Alan Wake 2 got to the top 10 albums list on iTunes after the Game Awards. Freaking insane. Very cool. Uh, I saw a tweet, a quote tweeting uh, this news saying, like, it's pretty funny that, like, a fictional, a real-life band who made music as a fictional band for a video game now charting, uh, like, the top ten list is quite funny, considering the game is about, like, fiction rewriting reality. It's like, yeah, like, kind of ironic. Right. Very cool. Very cool, indeed. Cool game. I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> you don't know, Dan. You haven't played it. <laughs> I'm bringing a different energy today. Hell yeah. All right. I'm about it. For now. <laughs> for... <laughs> Stay on your toes. <laughs> All right. Our next quick bite. Ransomware has officially overcome Insomniac Games and targeted them, unfortunately. Uh, they have reportedly targeted Insomniac releasing personal information and passport scans of the Spider-Man 2 developer's staff, along with unreleased images from Wolverine. I think we also saw that there was speculation around some file names and possible Spider-Verse game. Uh, so that's interesting as well. And 
We also got news on the next Spider-Man 2 update, which I think, I guess it was a coincidence that this happened the same day, or maybe they just want to get ahead of it. Um, but they announced uh, that their next update is coming in early 2024. They'll have a feature list uh, coming closer to its release. They heard their feedback and will be adding some highly requested features, including the ability to change the time of day, swap tendril colors, and replay missions, just to name a few. Of course, there's other features that people want, including New Game Plus, audio descriptions, among many more. So. One at your door? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Insomniac, fuck the damn hackers. I don't know. Well, hold on. Before we 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 kind of glazed over this. Yes. How is everyone feeling about the, uh, within that league? How is everyone feeling about a potential Spider Verse game? Uh, I saw this and and was like immediately a little bit worried. Uh, we already talked about how Insomniac, Insomniac might be doing a bit too much for for my personal taste, but like they're they're already doing a lot within their own Marvel universe. Throwing that throwing in like a Spider Verse is that too much? I I it's interesting that you bring this up. I have a feeling that. I feel about this the way I feel about Spider-Man 2, which is that, from a story standpoint, I totally agree with you. I'm a bit worried. From a technical gameplay standpoint, thinking back totally. to what Insomniac did with Rift Apart, I'm like, that could be really cool gameplay-wise, but I agree with you. I don't know if they're... like Figure out the Insomniac universe first before we start throwing other universes. Yeah. Sure. I feel like also that it might just be like misinterpreting the files like because I feel like Insomniac in the past has referred to their Spider-Man games as like the Spider-Verse. So like I'm almost wondering if mm. like that's just like, you know, names for certain like, files. Code yeah. name, project names, that kind of thing. Right? Yeah, like not necessarily. Yeah, a Spider-Verse game, but, you know, all this stuff is in the Spider-Verse. I don't know. Because I think there was uh, somebody else said that uh, Spider-Man 3 was officially in production. I can't remember who sent that out. Um, so I would find it hard to believe they're working on three games at the same time. But right. right. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of where, where Gage is with like, I, I would like to see that gameplay wise, but I think they should just keep going with what they have right now instead of trying to branch out too soon. Well, our next story is a bit of a sad one. Free Radical has been officially closed by Embracer Group. Uh, sad indeed because they were revived uh, after they had become Crytek UK for a, a while at, when Crytek owned them and uh, they were purchased by uh, Embracer Group. And now they're shut down and that means we won't get the time splitters reboot that we were promised and that makes me sad i love time splitters super yeah. fucking embracer <laughs> but let's embrace this new gameplay trailer from mouse that i think gauge you shared uh kind of retro not retro but like uh old cartoon style just like cuphead sort of um right style that's the vibes I got from it. I was like, this looks like uh oh, this is gonna be pretty Yeah. This is uh hold on. This is an aside, but 
Gage sent me a TikTok, two TikTok videos of this weird physics-based gameplay that looked hilarious. And he his his like comment was like, "This looks hilarious. What is this?" I didn't look into it any further. Did you? It was like some game where you're using like um, you have to control a person's like arm and legs, and like it's like a dungeon crawler. It is. So it's like a, the way that it was, because uh, this was a while ago, but I did kind of like when I found that game, I sent the clip to you, and then like I would just scroll through related videos. It seems like it's a co-op Soulsborne-esque, except instead of like, it's but then physics-based, right? So it's like super hard, and you're kind of, your character's moving around, and it's, everything's only kind of half animated and half simulated, so if your character bumps into a table, his whole body leans over it, and you kind of have to like dodge enemies and do all this crazy hectic carrying and and dodging stuff that's but it looks amazing that's, it, that's what was hilarious to me because like a, an enemy like is going to hit you and you have to like move your arm in a way to like make the sword block it and i was like that seems hilarious i want to try we should, this we should absolutely yes, try yes, this. yes 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 indeed yes just like yes florida joker wants a bunch of money from <laughs> rockstar uh it ain't happening but here we go i i threw this in here just because of roger clark's comments i thought was kind of funny roger clark of course the voice actor behind red dead redemption 2's protagonist arthur morgan he says they implying rockstar are not going to talk to you he said in a now deleted tiktok They've had people like you try to sue them for decades. They're lawyered up, man. They know exactly what they can and cannot get away with. If I were you, I would use the notoriety just that they just threw your way to your advantage. Capitalize on it somehow. You ain't getting a job at Home Depot with that face. <laughs> Jesus. It was kind of funny, I thought. It is. It's because you know, here's the thing. Like, as somebody with tattoos and somebody who wants more tattoos, like, yeah, there's like a stigma for sure. But then there's also somebody like this that is kind of like taking it to the nth degree. So, like, I don't know. I th I thought Roger Clark. I thought it was fair game for him to say that. <laughs> this guy's. I think he's kind of decided to make this his whole personality, and uh, his options are limited. So he's looking for a quick payday. But as Roger said, I don't think he's gonna get one. Imagine, is he like a free? Is he still in jail? I think he's in and out constantly. I don't know. Okay. So he's, okay, whatever. I just thought it was funny. I thought he was free for a second. I was like, why are you wearing an orange jumpsuit and being free? But maybe he's still in jail. But yeah, I'm, I'm with Roger Clark on this one too. Uh, and like he, like he said, like GTA has gone through this like many times before. This wouldn't be their first rodeo. So like the Lindsay Lohan stuff, and I'm sure many other stuff before that, that yeah, they can get Lindsay it. They know Lohan. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, just like you said, they know what they can they can do. They didn't just this wasn't an accident, is what I mean. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The Lindsay Lohan might be the most well known one, but like when they, they got sued by the Pinkerton detective agency over Red Dead oh, 2 really? <laughs> and they and they won that. So I'm thinking like, okay, if they can win that, I definitely think that's kind of like a good indication that you're not winning. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. But you know what is also not winning? Skyrim Together's modders are officially canceling their work on a multiplayer mod for Starfield, with one of them saying, this game is boring. And uh, I think that sparked some discussion. Uh, uh, not this uh, you, specifically. You got, you got to read the actual quote. Oh, hold on. That's, I'm getting, okay. IGN is, not just IGN is not tweeting what the actual 
like a quote a full was. Quote. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's just one problem. This game is fucking trash. And that is like what's obviously that's like a like an over like generalization, like an over like simplification of what like the like an actual nuance take is of Starfield, because I don't think any of us agree that that game is trash. I think probably far from it. But yeah, it did. I, I mean, Gage is probably the one that spent the most time in Starfield. He should probably give his take on on this. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time in Starfield and I enjoyed most I, I, some of my time. I did think I did think this person's post was funny though. Like I, like again, I don't I don't think this person probably believes that the game is like a zero out of ten. Obviously, I think he was just being hyper hyperbolic for the sake of being funny. And I don't know, it worked for me for him to go through this blog post and and to dramatically lead up to yeah. So you're but you're wondering why we're not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I think uh, do we have are we talking about this in topic of the show or is it just here that we're talking about this? I think just here. Just here, yeah. There's, I, I think, um, I think there's definitely discussion to be had about Bethesda and the fact that it has, it has such a, um, a hold on on a lot of people, myself included, where we we want to look past all of the red flags uh, and 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 kind of get that familiar, good, warm feeling from Bethesda games, but um, it definitely uh, that studio definitely seems to be comfortable with tech that is i think behind the competition in a lot of ways so um it's unfortunate that some people i mean skyrim together is a pretty huge mod and like i'm sure that there were some people looking to play starfield with their friends and that might actually help the issues of of not having a lot to do but at the same time i mean i I can also understand the frustrations of being a modder and being like you know what i'm not fixing your game for you i don't want to do this there's not enough here i don't feel you know whatever reason whatever his reasons are so um yeah it's it's disappointing on all on all sides i think i'm at like a, at a weird impasse where like i, I agree but also disagree because i i spent a i wouldn't say significant amount of time but i spent some time with starfield and i was like telling you guys even on the podcast like i i'm kind of in i, I enjoyed a lot of my time with it and then i, I dropped off and i was you know, after Nakey Jakey's video, or I guess when that released, I was trying to think before I even watch it, like, why did I fall off uh, of Starfield? Like, what is the reason why? And it's just like, I don't think I was really engaged with it the way I thought it was, where, where I was like, I'm meeting the game on its terms, yes, to like get from A to B, but nowhere in like that A to B am I like enjoying myself compared to like Spider-Man, where like the fundamental core of that game is like traversal. So like right. A to B in that game is like the bread and butter, whereas Starfield, I'm like, I, I don't care. You know, and then to watch Nikki Jakey's video and get a lot of like in-depth footage of what the like quest, like quest design was, or I guess lack thereof, and then like just a complete like almost abandonment of like true exploration compared to like previous Bethesda titles. It's like yes, okay, this is why I ended up jumping off because I didn't feel like there was anything much there for me like in that A to B, and I just kind of focused right. on other things. Your use of the word engaging is actually really kind of I think center at all of this in that Starfield. The things that Starfield does best is the stuff that Bethesda does best, which is world building, lore, all that stuff, making a universe that feels real, that feels lived in. Like we all said, all all of us agreed. Like you go through that museum, the museum, it, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is this is Bethesda doing what Bethesda does best. But the problem is, is that it's all wrapped up in this game. That like like you just putting it there kind of clicked in my brain. It's not engaging in the moment to moment gameplay. Like, whenever I'm playing this game, I'm motivated by, like, oh, cool, I'm doing this quest line. 
I want to go get there, but it's like a slog to get through all this and 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 do the samey kind of gunplay and the samey kind of looting. But then I get to that quest, and I'm like, cool. And then I don't know if I'm the only one that's beaten the campaign, but playing through the campaign, I'm like, normally in Skyrim or Fallout, I beat the campaign and I immediately want to go back into the wasteland, into, uh, into back into Skyrim, whatever. But with this game, like I immediately put it down, and I was like, there's not really, I'm not, it's not engaging. It's not kind of drawing mm. me back in yeah i i think my sentiments to that are again i think we've talked about in the past that the the handcrafted elements to the world building that bethesda is yes. known for isn't quite there because of it being so pro so procedurally generated uh reliant and uh i think that's also evident why i came back from vacation played that game for a few hours and never went back i still haven't fucking gone back which you know granted i i haven't finished a lot of games lately but uh if that was a traditional fallout game or a traditional elder scrolls game i feel like i'd be putting a ton of hours into it and i'm just not doing that not to say i won't mm. go back to it but yeah very telling and they're going to keep updating it. So, you know, who's to say down the line? Best ongoing game in 2024, Starfield. You know, I don't know. Right. Who knows? <laughs> Can't be worse than this year's, right? <laughs> it's anybody's game now. <laughs> Clearly, after this year, that award is anyone's game. Yeah. Just release a patch. Yeah. You Just patch it. Exactly. God of War Ragnarok is now an ongoing game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, God of War Ragnarok <laughs> 2024 Game Awards. Chris Judge goes up for another speed. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Get him off the stage. Oh, uh, God. Well, one more thing we want to get off the stage. The day before is officially one of the worst video games of all time. As the player count dropped almost 90% in four days, uh, the developer put out a statement that, quite frankly, I'm not going to read because it's fucking bullshit. Uh, and, sure. then, <laughs> and then uh, we also got more information uh, that Fantastic, who's the public or developer, is changing all of their other games on Steam to different companies. So... All of their previous games, they're just changing to random company names for, you know, reasons that are mysterious, except for they are just, yeah. yeah. And also, lastly, the CEO of Fantastic has been nuked by himself. He deleted his Twitter account. Gone. So, yeah. There's there's a YouTube video I used uh, early this week, I guess, Today's Wednesday. Yeah, Monday. Uh, that I watched on Monday to help help me get like caught up to speed on like what else is happening. Because obviously, yeah, I saw the statement, but like I want to know what else was like happening before and like leading up to release and then after. The video, like the the headline was called "The Scam Before." Uh, the videos from Level Cap Gaming, and uh, the thing that got me was I I didn't know how reliant they were on like uh, assets bought from. Is it Unreal? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, which is. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine, like whatever. But like, it it was mostly just those like those assets, and then compare that to the the person on Twitter now who is like in real time making the game from scratch on their free time, and they're on day thirty one and already have like systems built into the game that the day before didn't even have. 
like melee right. combat, which is and that that really put into perspective. And like this game, what took like a few years to make, and already they're like there's like substantial like comparisons you're able to make now which is just crazy like yeah there's there is something deeply fishy going on here that just does not say like they sold this game and are like probably taking some of the profit right yeah they, well the I, this game definitely was not being made until at the last second it was i think is 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 very much what it looks like if you look at some of the old because for whatever reason, I don't know why, but I've been following this game for like years now and just kind of paying attention. I remember they came out with this opening trailer that obviously had all these grand promises where it was this open world survival game and the, the shooting combat uh, looks like the division and the stealth and the character animations looked like The Last of Us. But then they got into a car and they were driving off road and it had the driving physics of like of uh, mud runners. And it just it was very clearly you're doing way too many things. There's no way you're doing all of this uh, well. And now it's clear to see that no, there's no way that you were doing any of it at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I suspect specifically because of this person on Twitter that we're talking about and how they're only like a month into it, a little over a month into it, and they've been able to replicate the majority of the game. I suspect that they probably weren't working on this game at all. And it was, this is probably a... Um, a cash grab or a, I mean a scam everybody's calling it a scam I think it, I think it probably was a scam which is strange because the first game that Fantastic made which was, was called The Wild Eight and I actually bought that like years ago before I knew what Fantastic was before any of us I just I, I picked the game up on Steam and it actually felt like a real game so they kind of I don't know what happened somewhere along the way somebody got a bright idea they hired like a Jordan Belfort or something like that I don't know what happened but um, this is crazy. This is probably one of the biggest um, scam incidents in the gaming industry of recent memory, and it'll be interesting to see how Steam responds to all this. Yeah. They they deleted, well, they made it unavailable to purchase, right, on, on yeah. Steam right now. Right, and yes. So we'll see if they're, like, going to issue refunds. I think they were talking about that, people who bought it, um, which I think is is fair. <laughs> Um, but yeah, these 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 stories that we have all together were just like coming out day after day after day. It just like kept piling on. So it was really interesting to watch. And like you said, Gage, it'll go, it'll be interesting to see where this all ends up. And the CEO, like, talk about a way to just never work <laughs> in the industry again. Like just shooting right. himself in the leg for for no reason. But yeah, I, besides getting money, I guess. All right. Well into the pxn news of the week guys uh in case you guys didn't see here i put a link to ign's article of all the announcements at the game awards and i just thought that we could maybe go round robin talking about our top five favorite announcements from the game awards um which i'll i'll go first to give you guys time to look if yes christian yes sir real quick after after we do um we go over our favorites. Do you think this is a good time to place uh, our first half of our predictions results with uh, the reveals? That's true. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, so to give Gage some time, because it looks like he's got nothing written there yet, I'm going to go. I don't. I don't have five. Five's too much. Okay. That wasn't. I don't think there was five things in total. Sure, that was crazy that's about, fair. But no, that's I, fair. I can give you. I can give you some. Yeah, that's fair. 
and I was if you, if there's any that are you know not um, crossing what everyone else has already put, then that's great too. But if you have stuff that crosses, that's fine as well. Uh, so don't stress yourself if you see the ones that you want or that we've already written here. That's fine. Right. All right. My first one that I was super jazzed about that I know you guys were like, what the fuck, Dan? Come on. It's fucking, you know. Saber Interactive's Jurassic Park survival game. That I, That is literally the game I've been wanting for fucking decades. Literally. I, I think it was, was it last year or two years, three years ago? Whenever it was that they announced Jurassic Evolution Jurassic Park Evolution 2 at the Game Awards and I was I started by freaking out because they had like a closer perspective and I was like oh this is going to be sick this is going to be what I wanted and then it's the City Builder Part 2. This is actually a fucking action adventure first person action adventure game set in the Jurassic Park universe the day after the first movie ends which is fucking awesome and you're you're playing as the scientist that is basically left on the island by herself and she's trying to uh figure out like i guess how to survive and get off the island uh but yeah this the tone of the trailer i really liked it like gage said on stream it looks literally like the first movie which is so cool uh so i'm very excited uh to see what saber does with this this is the one where i thought was uh privately i dm DM the group thinking it was a co-op game and it seems like it's going to be a single player game. Yes, yes. Very, very excited. Um, Ro, what, uh, what got your fancy? Uh, my first one is from Don't Nod, Lost Records, uh, Bloom and Rage, Rage. So it's, uh, I think it's the first game from Don't Nod Montreal, which is a new studio from the people who made Life is Strange. Uh, from people who made Life is Strange, and they they added some new people as well, uh, some new talent, of course. But uh, I love Life is Strange, love that series, so I'm excited to see something else by those people that isn't Life is Strange, but still has you know that story, uh, narrative-driven uh, choices matter sort of gameplay. So I'm looking forward to that. It looks cool. Looks like it's <laughs> it's got that cringy a- angst that I like. So I'm I'm down for it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I actually thought it was Life is Strange at first, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, it's new. Like, oh, yeah. Very cool, though. Christian? Remember True Colors. Oh, oh God. I can never forget. I can never forget. <laughs> mm-hmm. So good. So Good one. Christian. Yeah, uh, of course, my first one is, is OD, which, you know, is, is obviously not, like, the actual name of the game. Kojima likes to do, like, working titles for these reveals. Uh, why I placed this one first when we have so little to go on, I think because, like, in terms of importance, this is, like, huge for Xbox. Like, one, they're, it's Kojima is doing a game just for them. What I mean, what game, quote-unquote. I don't know whatever it's going to be. But one, it's it's a project just for them. Two, you're pulling in, like, the cachet of, like, you know, an auteur like Jordan Peele, who is, like, massive right now. Uh, to to work on, on a project like this is, is absolutely massive. But three, it's a it's a it's a uh, cloud game, um, which I think is going to be interesting to see how that like how that does for like worldwide. A lot of places in Europe like don't have really good internet. Like, how is that going to affect uh, players who are like trying to get their hands on this, who who are like wanting to to try this out? Is that going to like hinder their experience compared to like U.S. audiences? I think that's 
going to be like really weigh in how people see the game. But also like, again, uh, you know, the new era of, of Xbox, like trying to branch out to like have more Japanese partners, right? We're, we just saw like Hi-Fi Rush, which I think is a, is a big one that got the like f- colors uh, at the Game Awards. Like what else can we can we can Xbox pull uh, to their own like uh, marketplace? And you, you can get the likes of Kojima. Does that open doors for like other people who are like, OK, well, if Kojima has like a great experience working with you know, Xbox Studios, like can that now bring in more people to like do projects just for them? I think this this game has a lot like riding, not just on like Kojima's productions, but also Xbox. So that's where I'm at. I hope <clears throat> I hope this game isn't a cloud only game because I feel like it wasn't quite clear if it's gonna be a cloud only game or it's powered by the cloud. If that makes sense, like oh, gotcha. Okay, so, I remember when. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Uh, well, we might have been saying the same thing, but like, there's in my mind, powered by the cloud kind of means like this is maybe a bad example because the game didn't do well. But I remember Crackdown Three yeah. in their multiplayer mode, they were using cloud technology to have this crazy city, uh, this crazy destruction on a city scale, and they did that by having the client side use do certain things and the Xbox do certain things, and then the server take some of the heavy lifting as well. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping that when Kojima says "powered by the cloud," that it's that it's that type of thing where sure. it's still a game you can sit down and play, but maybe they're doing things that the console itself can't do. So they're dipping into Microsoft's vast, vast resources of cloud technology, try and bring it up to spec, as opposed to "Hey, we've made a game, and you can play it on your mobile phone and or stream it to your console, and that's it." That, I would be a little bit less excited for that. I think. Sure. What I effort? Good. I was just going to say, but an antithesis to myself, uh, I think Kojima was making it seem like this isn't a traditional game. It, it seems like it's right. going to be like an interactive movie sort of experience. Yeah, yeah, which would make sense that it would be a cloud only game then at that point, because you're just right. basically watching a movie and interacting with it. So. I don't know. I forgot to mention too. It's exciting that like people are insane, and so is Kojima for hiding the like kanji characters inside Udo uh, Kier's <laughs> mouth, um, spelling out what translates to "Quiet Hill" or "Silent Hill." Obviously, it's not a silent. It's not a Silent Hill game, but that tells you a lot about like the tone and what kind of like things they're aiming to do with this project. And it's very much like whatever, whatever feelings Kojima had for his for his project on PT, you know, that was going to be Silent Hill. He's still kind of holding on to those ideas, and I think some of those might be present in OD, which I think for me as a, as a fan of Kojima, as a fan of Silent Hill, is going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gage? What are you excited um, The first pick here, and my, my next two picks are doubles for yours, so this will be my only thing, and I'll just jump in with your next ones. But... Uh, Light No Fire from Sean Murray's team, Hello Games. Very, very excited for this. Um, I did not play No Man's Sky at launch. I had a bad feeling about it. The game came out, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna, just gonna sit back. But, um, friend of the show, uh, Brandon, um, got me into it a couple of years ago. This is well after they had 
not only fixed the game, but then added to it in an incredible way. And No Man's Sky is, is an incredible experience unlike any other. And Sean, what Sean Murray did with that game, uh, great time to talk about it in light of this uh, the day before nonsense. What Sean Murray did with that game, with failing to deliver on promises, and then uh, probably against you know the judgment of those closest to him, decides, no, I'm going to stick through this, I'm going to work it out. Come hell or high water, we're going to work on this game. And they've created something truly special. I mean, I can't. I, I I've not played Star Citizen. I know Star Citizen is a pretty is, is also a pretty incredible game in, in, on a technical scale. But there's very few games that I can think of where you can jump to a solar system and any planet that you see in that solar system, you can literally fly to it and just cut through the atmosphere, land, harvest a bunch of resources, build a giant town leave for like months at months on end come back and everything's right where you left it somehow somehow it works i don't know how but somehow it all works so for him to to come and show this game where it's it's one giant world that's procedurally generated um that's a shared uh shared world that people can come in and play with that sounds awesome to me i mean that sounds great i love the idea of, of squatting up with with five or six friends and constructing this giant village and then going exploring on they said that they've got giant oceans in the game and massive mountains to climb and um after playing no man's sky again all that controversy is well behind them because the tech is there in the, in no man's sky now so if they can simulate entire universes i'm 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 sure that they can do this one planet and it'll be really cool to see to finally play a game that does have one giant earth-sized world that uh, can have a bunch of people running around on it. That's it. Sounds great to me. I, I can't wait to see what Sean Murray's cooking up with this one. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in in Starfield, not Starfield. I'm so uh, I did that. I did it. Um, ooh, No Man's Sky. Right. Uh, in No Man's Sky, when you like travel to a new system that no one has ever been to before, and you scan a planet or, or an animal on, on a certain planet that no one has ever scanned before, you can log it as like the first of its kind, and then that will show up for like every other player that this is like now registered the first person to do that was you and you can name it whatever i think that's the case right you yes not that. only not I, only does it give you credit as the person who named it but whatever you decide to name that animal if somebody scans it like like imagine you're playing lethal company somebody scans it that is just what the name comes up so yeah yes yeah. we've we have I, we have named very inappropriate looking monsters after our friends so when people years from now decide to fly to that planet if they make it there they'll see sheldon sausage as this little worm like creature that's digging through the ground when they scan it yes it's absolutely hilarious it, and amazing considering how big no man's sky is granted i don't know if light no fire will be like just as big maybe maybe the world is like a lot bigger even though it's one world i wonder right. if though like if they'll still have like that system where like you you discover like a certain cave system in a mountain and now you can like name this cave system whatever like you discovered it as chances are like you might be able to just stumble upon that like theoretically i guess in my head easier than you would like stumble across like some distant planet right that would be great uh, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be cool yeah that would be very cool i i mean i i would like to assume that they will do that that they'll bring the best features forward from no man's sky and in which case that would be awesome you come across a cave and it's got some meme name to it right and it doesn't matter that the name's silly. I mean, you still have to go into that cave and do whatever you have to do. Like, that's... It's just... Hello Games, they've made this game, and hopefully this next game, where it feels like a community game. Like, it actually feels like mm. you're playing a game where other players are there, and you're not just kind of all in this preset world and going through the same paces, but you're in a world that's made by other people. 
All right, I'm in. I'll try this. I'll try it. <laughs> I did play uh, No Man's Sky at launch, and I really did like it. Like, I almost platinum it in like the first month. I never. Oh wow! Holy I shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, I, re I was pretty close. I can check and see how many trophies I missed. But I really liked that game even at launch. But like as Gage was saying, it was not what they promised at all. Sure. And and it's it's good that they were able to update it. And and I hope that this is able to deliver on those past mm -hmm. promises. And right. it just it's really good because I, I wrote consciously in brackets because it's on my list too. Because I feel like he didn't do the the smart thing when he was up there where he like this is the most this is ambitious. I can't wait for everybody to play. It's like, oh, you should have just like undersold it, over delivered when it was here. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited still too. Can I just kind of throw something else in? Just a quick opinion. I, I I played the game in twenty. I tried it in 2019, and even though I didn't quite care for like base building and stuff like that's just not really my cup of tea. I will say everything like Gage and Road talked about. Like, oh my god, so sublime. Like popping a gummy, popping a gummy, and like just traveling the stars, opening photo mode, traveling yeah. to a new planet. Like this is this is like cool like, i can't believe like it works now they did this that's cool when you build a gameplay mechanic that just works it doesn't get tiring like coming in from space to landing to a planet and cutting through the clouds it doesn't sure it's not this crazy jaw-dropping moment but it never gets old like it does feel cool every single time you yeah yeah you know i was a little skeptical at first when you know sean was first showing this because my main problems with no man's sky was the lack of narrative and the lack of you know just like starfield the lack of desire to go to all these thousands of worlds that it generates and such the tech was awesome you know landing on planets and that kind of stuff but the more we talk about it the more you guys talk about it and on you know the stream and here i think you're absolutely right like the I think that the fact that this is a multiplayer game, whereas No Man's Sky was more positioned as a single player game, I think that will be the difference for me. Uh, just, you know, squatting up with you guys or right. whoever and having a good time on these planets. I think that'll be pretty neat. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, my second one is Archetype Entertainment's Exodus. I thought it looked very cool. Uh, I thought it looked very Mass Effect-esque, um, which, of course, the lead writer is uh, the, the lead writer from the original Mass Effect, uh, Drew Carp Carpishan. I don't know how to say his name. Um, but uh, they already have a massive amount of backstory that Shinobi602, of course, Shinobi, everybody knows him, on Twitter, uh, he kind of summarized it all. I'm not going to go through all this because it's a shitload, but it's already got a ton of really cool world building going on with the story background that um, they've discussed here, which sounds really awesome. And I know the trailer was just CG and, you know, obviously cautiously optimistic in terms of that uh i hope that the game actually looks and feels like you know what that cg trailer was like positioning it as uh but so far i'm i'm very much intrigued by this game and bro what else uh, what else my next one is big walk which was that like uh, hiking game? I think where you <laughs> were the cart cartoony birds in this realistic right. world. 
That just looked like fun. For the same <laughs> reason that I liked No Man's Sky, actually, just like exploring a, a, a big world. But this one with with friends and it looked goofy. It looks like a, a goofy time. So I like just vibing out. Very chill experience, it seemed like. Um, so I'm excited to see more about that. That was 2025, I feel like. I feel like it was a year, hmm, yeah. an extra year out. So that's yes. going to have to wait a little while, but I'm excited to see more about it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. I will I will be playing this one with you for sure. This looks Hell this yeah. looks hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Dan Dan was the only one who was like wasn't jazzed about it. I saw this and I was immediately I was like, fuck yes, this looks great. Uh yeah, next game from House House. Um, this is second on my list as well. And for the exact same reasons row listed, like if, if 2023 taught me anything, it's that like there is so much fun to be had in games that are quirky. I think about like Battlebit remastered, like role playing on those bridges where like Hold on, brother! <laughs> you know, or like playing Lethal Company and just like, you know, just ha having a good time with the lads. And this game, like, built around, like, the pitch for this game in the opening seconds of the trailer is a new video game for you and your friends. And then it shows, like, it cuts to, like, the, the quirky bird. And, like, okay, this is a game just about being silly. Uh, you know, Untitled Goose Game, entirely built around being silly. But this with a co-op co and, and built around, like, some, like, interesting-looking, like, map with, like, a cool uh, art design. Yeah, of course I'm in. Of course I'm in. Hell yeah. I'll let you guys eat. I'll let you guys eat. <laughs> uh, Christian? Well, oh, I guess that was your next yeah, one as big well. Big luck. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gage? Uh, I'm going to be stealing one from you if I go That's next. That's fine. Do it. All right. Um, for the people that made Ori comes a trailer for a game that looks absolutely gorgeous. And the vibes, the vibe check is past flying colors. It's called No Rest for the Wicked. And it just looks absolutely stunning. Uh, Rashan actually brought up a really good point. I didn't connect it immediately, but as soon as you said it, it kind of clicked where it has this almost arcane kind of art style where even though it's th everything's 3D, it has this kind of hand-painted, almost oil painting kind of look to it, or acrylic painting. I don't know what you'd call it, but it just, oh man, I was... I was taken. I was taken by it, and the fact that it's a, it's a Diablo kind of like uh, action role playing game is uh, I, I I have a hankering for that kind of game. I tried to get into Diablo Four. That was my first big Diablo. Dan and I, you, you and I played it quite a bit. We had a good time with it, but it's so it's so much. And I'm hoping that this is maybe this is a brand new universe. It's the first entry in in a franchise, maybe, or maybe it's a one off game. Uh, this this just seems like my cup of tea, and uh, mm -hmm. the fact that it's coming to PC in early access in Q1 2024 is exciting because that means I won't have to wait holy shit to yeah. get my grubby little hands on it. This and this game could not be any more different than Ori, which is their last yeah. games. Like that's that's so cool. That's what I was gonna bring up. Is like. They made two like 2D Metroidvania platformers, and both of them are like widely considered to be like one of the greatest Metroidvanias like made. Like they they nailed it. Like Ori is like actually fantastic. So then moving uh, into like an action RPG space, but still keeping like what like their unique style. Like I think this might be like aspects of this. Not everything might be hand drawn, but like still stuff from this is hand drawn. I think. Right. Um, but with like just like a, a core focus on like map design, level design. And then combat, like, dude, that's that's it. That's all you need. I'm in. You yep. sold me from from the jump. So yeah, I'm with you guys. Yeah, this... that's a really good way to go ahead. 
I was just th- uh, so this this literally is like a stylized like fucking perfect Diablo esque type game. Like it, the the stylized design definitely throws you for a loop when you see like Diablo and you're like, oh my god, this is hyper realistic versus this is very stylized. But I I, I love how you know how much it contrasts with Diablo in that aspect. Like I really like. Yeah, I, I like how this game feels and looks. Not feels, but like feels like emotions. Right. Not, yeah. They're stepping into somebody else's genre, but you could not mistake the two in, t- in terms yeah. of them keeping their own identity. Yep. And what Christian was saying earlier, there's something that gets me really excited about a studio that like shows that they can master a genre. And then the next game they announce is something completely different. Like there's no guaranteed reason that that next game will be as good, but there's something to me where it's like, wow, you guys could have just kept playing it safe and could have kept doing the thing that you're doing. But t- when I see a major switch up like this, for some reason I get excited when a studio does something like this. And uh, yeah, it's very, very hyped. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and that is my third one as well. No rest for the wicked. So, moving on from no rest for the wicked, Ro, what uh, what else you got? Uh, my next one is uh, Kamuri from Unseen. It's their first uh, game uh, coming out. So it was a little teaser. It was like a CGI trailer, and it looks like it's like a demon slaying sort of game. Um, I thought the art style was really cool. Um, I've just been following Ikumi Nakamura, I think is her name, uh, since she did that like cute little thing at E3 and her Tokyo, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo was the game I think she worked on before starting her own studio. And ever since then, I've been like following her as she opened Unseen in Tokyo and just kind of following her and what she's working on. And I think she has some really cool, like she seems like a really wholesome person. She brought her daughter to the game world. She's always interviewing her staff and like spotlighting them so i i've been liking her vibe so far so i'm excited to see what this is obviously it's a cgi trailer we don't know uh they don't even have a publisher yet i don't think so this was like an advertisement for them basically i was was gonna say uh you know a new studio with their first game and and like there's probably realistically there's probably like no gameplay yet like this is just (laughs) proof of concept for what they want to do and uh like there's like no game made just yet but like if they have a vision uh like what i'm seeing as the proof of concept is already like enough for me to like be interested so hopefully if if i'm interested so are publishers and they're able to get it made yeah i don't think she'll have trouble finding sure sure. yeah but yeah i'm that's i guess that's it all i have to say it looks looks fun i would watch this as a movie so i'm sure i will hopefully play this as a game if the gameplay is good Oh yeah, yeah. That was really cool seeing the behind the scenes how that trailer was put together. That was pretty mm-hmm. neat. All right, Christian. Uh, Kimura is. I'll throw in. Okay, my last one is a uh, Hellblade's latest trailer was cool. Uh, unfortunate that that there's no hard date for that game yet because of how often we've seen this game and and still have had no date on it. Uh, but I respect Ninja Theory so much um, for like the fidelity they're pumping out of this game is absolutely nuts. Um, I, I love Hellblade One. I, I thought the combat was 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 maybe not great, but it was still like 
good and engaging enough for what that game was for me to like you know it was great it's good uh but like for me it was like the narrative that like really pulled me in and the way they played with sound design was 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 so cool um that game alone sold me on whatever ninja theory will do next and uh seeing this trailer and like again trying to understand how all of it is in engine is is still mind-boggling to me because everything looks so good uh that yeah i I, this is one that i can't wait for as well dude watching this trailer with headphones on mm, really good really good but yeah disappointing that we didn't get a, a more solid release date than just 2024 i really was thinking that it was going to be at least the first six months of 2024, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon we get to play this. Um, which that was one of mine as well. I'll just throw that out there. I don't have to talk about it. Uh, gauge. I guess. You want me to steal? You want me to steal your last one? Yes. Steal it. All right. I'll do it. I'll do it. Steal it. Um, from the good arcane arcane leon <laughs> uh comes a game that to me seems like the perfect match of ip and video game studio i remember a couple years back maybe it was last year but there was a twitter trend going around where it's like pick an ip pick a studio right this never came up but this is a great this is peanut butter and chocolate uh arcane leon is making a blade game and my God, that sounds amazing. I just immediately thought back to me playing Dishonored for the first time, which has a mix of melee combat and ranged combat and supernatural powers. And now they're making a game about a vampire that uses melee combat, ranged combat, and has supernatural powers. And uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited. The I Learning that I don't think they touched on this at the Game Awards. Maybe they did. Maybe it was a blink and you miss it moment. But... I found out afterwards that it's a third-person game, which is very, very interesting uh, because Arcane obviously is known for doing first-person games. So it'll be interesting to see how that feels. But, I mean, what they've demonstrated so far, what they've been able to do with fast and fluid combat is uh, nothing short of amazing. So I am very, very excited for this game. I've got very high hopes. And um, I'm not worried even a little bit. I think that they're going to cook up something real special. Yeah. I had this on my list as well, Gage, and uh, I think a lot of the points that you said I agree with as well. The interesting thing to me is is that Arcane Leon made Deathloop, which came out in September 2021, and they when they announced uh, Blade was in development, there they said that it was just starting development, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I'm wondering if Leon was like you know piddling around and figuring out if they wanted to make another uh, Dishonored game or what, you know, started doing like some prototypes and maybe none of those worked out. And then they, um, I guess, reached out to Marvel and uh, worked on this uh, Blade idea. But yeah, in terms of this actual idea, I, I very much am in agreement that it sounds very cool. Obviously, we didn't, we're not going to see this game for a while, probably since it's yeah. just starting development. But um that the premise sounds really cool and third person i agree sounds very uh very cool for this character as well um yeah i'm i'm intrigued uh and it's the good arcane so you know 
we they only put out good games, right? Well, that's subjective. That's true. It is subjective. I agree. But critically, they usually do yeah. pretty well. Yes. All right. Uh, bro? What else you got? Uh, yeah. My last one is uh, The Last Sentinel. Uh, this is another just only CGI trailer. But um, I thought it looked cool. It's a cool proof of concept, as we keep saying. Um, it was the one where it was like the robots were also taking care of these orphans it looked like in this room and the cop came in and shot the uh one of them and then she was like the demon is here and apparently that was good news because this badass biker lady came and saved all the kids and said follow me and uh yeah it's apparently it's an open world uh action game from lightspeed studios i think lightspeed studios has they were saying some ex naughty dog people there i could be wrong could be mixing it up with somebody else I believe that's what it what it said, and it was, it's narrative focused as well. So it seemed cool. It seemed like one of those games that I, I wish certain games that are coming out were, <laughs> but they keep doing the open world uh, games of service way instead of the open world action adventure narrative driven thing that I want to see more of. So I'm hoping that this is good when the gameplay comes out. But I, I like the vibes of it so far. Hell yeah. Um and Christian, I think you we already did. Your, I'm done. Yeah, okay. I've got no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ro, did you talk about Zal? I didn't actually. Uh, I liked the gentleman that came up. I'm obviously forgetting his name now, but uh, he had a pretty emotional speech when he was talking about his late father, uh, passing away and how this was kind of like a game to remember him. And uh, it's like a side-scrolling action game, I believe, and. Uh, it, the description says reclaim your father's spirit um so obviously it sounds like it's going to be as emotional as his speech but the gameplay looked like it was uh pretty fun it looked like it was like a metroidvania sort of sort of game too with uh what i saw so pretty cool i i dude i totally forgot about this game until you mentioned it and i just scrolled down to remember and yeah. yes this was awesome this was the game that was very um much like ori that i thought i agree with you i think it looks really neat um so yeah i think i'll be in on this game as well ro yeah the bosses looked really cool and that's when i saw that i was like oh shit no this i, I want to play this <laughs> this looks awesome hell yeah um just to throw one uh one honorable mention i guess uh but i just thought this was fascinating that sega announced five new games in one trailer <laughs> and they're just like yeah Here's a bunch of old IP, and we're making new games for all of them. So Jet Set Radio, Shinobi, Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, Crazy Taxi, and more, it says, uh, are all coming back. So, this is great news. Yeah. <laughs> bit wild there. Um, is there any other ones that you guys want to cover? Uh, I just figure we'll just, you know, the main ones we've talked uh, about, plus any others uh, you want to uh, add. Yes, actually, I forgot about one. Sure. Um, apparently, God of War Ragnarok Valhalla has like a substantial amount of story included, uh, and it is very cool that they just decided to drop this as a free DLC. And and given how like much there is, like th- apparently, like it adds like a lot to oh. the actual base game. It's considered an epilogue to the events of Ragnarok, 
and it's like uh, I heard it's like as backwards looking as much as like to, to, to the original God of War trilogy um, so I'm very interested and I downloaded it I'm, I don't know when I'll have time to play it but I did download it to check it out eventually how much does that cost Christian zero dollars I, I guess as much as your internet provider costs per month <laughs> I was laying laying it up for you you know letting you dunk it in Hmm. You dumped it in. Boom. All right. Uh, any others that you guys want to talk about before we move on here? All right. Moving on to our fantasy draft check-in. And if you're watching video, you can see me smiling because we didn't see Hollow Knight Silk Song announced. So Christian, the countdown is on. Seventeen yeah. days remaining. And and I and I and I, I forgot to do my drop over the weekend. Oh, so my my backup plan is like I can't do it anymore because we're you know we're pickups process on Saturdays, and the game that I was going to pick up comes out this week. Um, <laughs> is so. any, is there anything else that even comes out the rest of the year? I've been looking for the past 10 minutes to see what <laughs> what else comes out. And there's a few, but like none that I really want to like stake my any bets on per se. I mean, what do you have to lose though? You don't have anything to lose. A points, Dan. You know? Well, yeah, but you you need points. So you're in this dichotomy of you could either stay put or you could go up or you could go down, but going down's not gonna hurt you. Uh, uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. Christian needs 10 points to tie. Will he get there? I don't know. We'll see, man. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Moving in to what you got for me. Damn, what you got for me. I have played a bit more Alan Wake 2. Uh, I had a segment of time last week. I played for another two to three hours. Still very much enjoying the narrative in that game, despite how fucking insane it is. Uh, but yes, I I feel like the further this game goes on, the more I am enjoying it, and the more uh, layers get peeled back, and the, the narrative keeps getting better, I'll say that. Um, and I think my original gripes about the case board, Christian, when I was telling you about this... Uh, you know, it getting a little monotonous. I think it gets a little better over time when you start figuring out the nuance of it. It does still get a little tedious having to find uh, the spots that they go in, but I feel like now I have a pretty good grasp on it. I no, the, the the thing for me is like I respect how much like Sam Lake and the team like envisioned for that aspect of of Saga Anderson. Like that game wants you to meet it on its own terms. Like. Is it annoying to have to figure out on the board where things are going? Maybe, oh, but oh, to me, it's only at face value. For me, like what what makes it cool is like no, okay, what the, what is the game wanting me to do? It is wanting me to position myself in the shoes of Saga Anderson at this very moment and think about what is happening relative to the actual like events of the game and the actual events of like whatever like mystery I'm solving for that for that thing. So I have to like literally zoom out and take a look at my board and see, okay, how does this new piece of evidence? fit into everything else that I'm I've been doing with my time so far and then from there I go and then when you place it on there either Saga will comment or she'll make a deduction or even or even if it's just nothing you can still hover over and it'll be written there like her thoughts on what's going on and that will always add like to the actual thing like 
holistically, whatever it is you're you're piecing together. To me, it's like, yeah, this is this is this is cool, like a cool way to like do world building without like just picking up a note and doing a reading. Like I'm mm-hmm. like I'm actually playing me Pete, like like the deduction that she's doing, which is just to me, I think is really cool. Yeah, agreed. It's kind of replacing like that collectible that you find in the world that it adds to the world. It's replacing that kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah. Or audio logs or, you know, all the other sure. normal video game tropes. Um, Christian, I do have one question. When, how often did you switch back and forth between Alan and Saga? <laughs> that is so funny you said that because I did a guide uh for dual shockers that uh that is like when should you switch the like the most optimal way to do this i'll tell you right now usually it was at the end of like a significant chapter where you hit like an end of part segment and then um it feels like kind of like a hard stop like okay i'll switch to the other person now cool cool okay i wanted to know that good info um, Dan, I forgot to, I forgot to go over the the reveals predictions. When do you want to do that? Oh shit, I forgot. Yeah, you're right. We'll do that during topic of the show. We'll do it, we'll do it during topic of the show. Okay. Sorry. I, I forgot you said that. Um I also played the finals with these two fine gentlemen. Uh Christian and Gage. <laughs> Ro, you are also a fine gentleman, but it was just us three <laughs> playing. Not present. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh but uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun with uh, with the finals, and uh, it shadow dropped, of course. You know, at the game awards, we didn't talk about that in in the announcements, but it shadow dropped and was available now. Christian called that very good, um, and the game is still a lot of fun. The beta was a lot of fun, and it is still a banging time. There's a lot of crazy shit that goes on in that game, and I love it. It's you're swinging from the rooftops from your grapple gun. Uh, from the little guys that run like 700 miles an hour to your big guys that have hammers and fire and it's it's, it's insane buildings crumbling it's awesome it's a lot of fun um yeah should we get into final discourse now gage should we jump in on dan's final let's stick? do it yeah let's let's all jump yeah. in um i want to say this before i forget because i it came to me when the last time that me the three of us played this game and I'm connecting the dots now in my brain. And what Christian just said about 2023 being the year of fun with the lads, this feels like a game that has a triple A level of triple A, whatever that means nowadays, uh, level of polish to it. But the core concept of the game is still a no frills, competitive shooter, crazy over the top action, just having fun with the boys. And this it just it feels so good to play um like like dan's uh, i don't know if you mentioned before in the show but i know we talked about this in private is that this is from uh x battlefield devs and although it's an unreal engine they've done quite an interesting job here of making this feel like a frostbite game like if you were to just put this in my hands and i didn't know anything about it i would assume that this is like that this is frostbite but it's Mm. not and the the way that they've been able to replicate not only replicate destruction, but I think even take it further than how it was in in Battlefield. That I, I, in any way that I can remember, because in this game, the networking is so fast, it's so smooth that like when you have the you know you have to cash out these 
these little cash boxes and put them in this little machine, wait for the timer to come down, and that's how you score your point. But if that if that thing that you're waiting for it to score the point on happens to be at a rooftop and somebody takes out the building below it, it'll fall with it and it'll kind of get lost in the rubble and you have to crouch and, and worm your way through the rubble to try and steal it or to try and defend it. The game just... it. it it's not trying to do a whole lot of things, but the things that it is doing, it does extremely well. Um, Christian, I don't know if you want to jump in. What are your thoughts on yeah, this? Yeah, so the thing for me about the finals is I, I've been recently looking at a lot of different games for like a, a, a project I'm doing on like video game design philosophy. Right. And one thing I've kind of settled on is like a lot of modern games are trying to do a lot of things and trying to be a lot of things. The finals is very much like, these two or three specific things and gauges right it does all of them so well the thing for me like what differentiates the finals between like other projects that i've played is like it very clearly has its own identity is it another shooter yes but it is a shooter that is doing something on its own terms like i am engaging with the mechanics of that game uh the way it wants me to like it has a clear identity with the way like i i, I pick out my even my guns and like my my i guess my classes with like the reserve system and the gadgets or like using these specific gadgets is like going to fundamentally change the way i'm engaging with my enemies and the uh the stage that i'm playing on and that kind of stuff takes a game so far where i'm like now i'm even thinking about like the gameplay when i'm just going through the menus which is a thing that i did with like an, an armored core like the armored core game continues when i'm in the menus same thing for me in the finals where i'm looking at my gadgets and like this is going to uh, choosing between the turret and the health beam is going to fundamentally change whether we win uh, uh, uh the next game or not and the game modes themselves are like Yes, this clearly like is doing its own thing. That three v three v three with the with like the the cash box like buyout things like this is so clear its own thing that no other game is doing right now. Free to play. Sure, is the battle pass like a little bit like kind of like yeah they're trying to get some money out of you. Whatever, as long as I don't pay money for that, this is like insane. That like the amount of fun I'm getting is like huge and i had so much fun and it feels so good dude but i'm like we we're up th us through were playing games or, or the other day and uh we just had a moment we're like this is fun like this is like an actually like, such a fun game they did it they did and talking about that healing beam you better make sure you heal christian as soon as you pick him up because you'll, you'll hear if you'll hear about <laughs> listen i, I listen, kept forgetting i kept forgetting you're you're you were warranted in telling me that because if one of us goes down, we all go down. Yeah, and we're right. fucked. Yes, you're right. And like, Very bring keen. up that game mode. Like, this game launches. There's only two game modes, and you could argue the second one that we don't really play is you've seen it in a lot of other games before. As you kill people, they drop coins, and you can bank it, and you keep getting more and more, and then you have to make sure that you make it to a drop-off point. But like the main, the core game mode that it launched with is something that is like pretty unique to this game. Like, it's it's crazy how much. This game doesn't rely on its competitors, and it's just doing its own thing, like Christian mm -hmm. said. And like even stuff that I thought would be gimmicky beforehand, like the destruction. Like if I think back to Battlefield Four, and like the game came out, everybody was messing around with the destruction. But then as you play the game, you kind of get to a point where you don't want it to happen because you're trying to do something or X Y Z. Whereas in the finals, the destruction is such a core element of the game where it's like, if you're the one defending, you're constantly building up your defenses and trying to keep whatever building you're in intact. And if you're the one trying to attack, you're the one you're constantly thinking about, how do I take this down? How can I find my way in there? And the fact that you don't 
the game doesn't force that on you. That's just how you end up thinking. It means that that is a um, it's a core element of the gameplay that deserves to be there because it's not forced. It's not like like Christian said, you're playing the game as the game wants you to, and you don't even realize you're doing it. It's just that's the best way to play it. So like the devs of this game. They deserve a lot of credit for this. Like, I know it's had its controversy, but this game is really something special mm. in the shooter space right now. And, yeah, I, I I, can't help but, like, there's a smile on my face every time I fun. play it. It is. Yeah. And, like, I think about playing, when I jump in to play Call of Duty and even Halo sometimes, you have a few bad matches and you, you're frustrated, you want to turn it off. But the finals, whether you're winning or losing, like, the matches are so, so dynamic each time. That, like, very rarely do you play a match that's just bad. Usually there's, like, peaks and valleys in every single match you play, and that's really rare for a first-person shooter nowadays. I'll, I'll say this, like, one of my favorite memories from playing a couple days ago is when us three were squatted up, and it was, like, we were playing that game over, like, a, you know, you need to capture this box twice, uh, and right. that's how you get the win. And it was tied up, and it was like down to the wire, where like Dan had revived me, the, the building is crumbling, I'm crouch hiding from enemies, I'm healing Gage because Gage is stealing the box, and Dan is protecting Gage by like getting into like a, a, like a firefight. And somebody is shooting at Gage, and I'm yelling, keep going, keep going, keep going, because I'm healing Gage <laughs> as he's stealing. And it came down to the wire, and he got it, and we won. And like, that is something that happens every single game. Stuff right. like that happens all the time, like it does not get old. Cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Yes. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Ro, we saved this one for you to just have your day right here. There's another <laughs> game that we all played. I'm just going to mention another game before I do this one. That's So fair. we could all talk about it. Yeah. But uh, I've been playing Pokemon again. The DLC for Indig Part 2, the Indig Indigo Disc, comes out tomorrow. And I, had, and I didn't realize I had to play Part 1 silly me you play part two so i've been going through that uh to make sure i'm ready for part two uh because part one didn't look super interesting to me but part two did so i have to pl play this to play the one that i thought was cool but it's fun I'm, I'm enjoying it i still stand by the fact if it wasn't for all the bugs this would easily be the best pokemon game and but unfortunately it still has all the bugs they did not fix it but uh yeah i still having a good time with it but lethal company i finally got to play with the gents here this game is pretty pretty fun unfortunately i'm not very very good at pc games but i did have a good time uh playing with you guys i think the concept of it like is is a fun loop like just trying to pay off your debts but going into these creepy places trying to get uh all these uh items to sell to i guess is the monster the person that you're trying to pay off your debts to is he the, the boss or is this just a guy that also works for the company or something i don't know but anyways, that uh, doesn't really matter. Yeah, but, who, who knows? Yeah. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, it, it's a it's a fun loop. Uh, there's still a lot that I need to learn about it, like <laughs> maybe learning how to play keyboard and mouse. But uh, yeah, I I enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. How about that trap that we put you in, Row, and made you ring the bell <laughs> for the the dude to pick up all the stuff we were selling? I should have known. I should have <laughs> known. I'd, and maybe it was because I was playing with you guys, but it wasn't scary to a, a place where it was un, unplayable for me like i could play right. this game and maybe it was because we we're on or on easier maps like for my first time maybe you guys went on some easier maps for that and it gets creepier as you go on but i i thought it was manageable which is which is good 
An it's another fun a, game. It's it's a suspense kind of like uh, fast paced suspense type of scary mm-hmm. and not like a horror scary. But uh, yeah, it definitely can get a little bit hectic when you're trying to <laughs> when you when you're on like when you're on like um, the third go around and your your quota keeps getting bigger and bigger and you're on, you're on right. the last day and you have to go to some place that's like infested. Yeah, right. Very cool that they did like a free winter like update where like on the harder maps there's a, a monster that is a nutcracker with a shotgun. That's wild. Uh, but right. also like the the mod community is really cool. Like by creating monsters. Like Gage sent me one where like they, there's a skinwalker mod where like it'll record audio of from your gameplay and the skinwalker will like say that back to you. So you might right. think it's like your friend saying something to you, and it's not. It's 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 the monster. It's like <laughs> that is so messed up, but that's so cool. Wait, this just in, Ro. There's one other game you played that you didn't mention, and that is Mario Kart on the Nintendo Switch. Great, oh, as oh, no. Glenn has pointed out in the chat, oh, fellas. Yeah. I just wanted I to point out, Ro did not beat me in Mario Kart. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I, I, there's no excuse. I, I, I legit lost fair and square. That's just how it is. He beat me in two races. And then other people came and joined the party and I was able to like, pull up. But it was only because there were other people in the race that I was able to pull ahead of Glenn. Mm, so, right. wow. fair, I mean, 1v1, you couldn't do it. 1v1, I could not do it. So Glenn, Glenn takes the crown. I, I got I to gotta bow down. I'm sorry. The Nintendo aficionado title has been revoked. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, he beat me. But Smash Bros. I. Roshan wiped the floor with I everybody. I Smash Bros. I Mopped the floor. Yeah. I, and what's funny is that I never, I never, I'm not a big fan of fighting games, but Roshan came over and a bunch of people came over and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of feeling Smash Bros tonight. Regretted that immediately because I was. <laughs> Rashan, like that that scene in the first Avengers where the Hulk picks up Loki and kind of just like that was yeah. what Rashan was doing to everybody in uh, in Smash Bros. But specifically me like, because I'm not good at those games. I feel like Sheldon I can take Row. You might. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I have learned my lesson, and I'm not going to say like, okay. yeah, I can fuck you up. I'm just going to say, yeah, you might. And then if I went out, <laughs> oh, never mind. Right, like never the mind. pool shark strategy. Yeah, yeah. I tried to. Never you know, mind. it's funny, Christian. You weren't there, but you were there in spirit. I, I, I got my ass handed to me the first round. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, tr- I'm gonna channel Christian right now and try and win. And I picked Snake, and I still got my ass beat. I didn't do anything. Should I, should I come to Canada and come one of these little gauge parties? Yes, you should. Absolutely, you should. That'd be fun. Sheldon, uh, one of Gage's friends, used uh, Minecraft Steve, and that was the only time that I was like, "Okay, <laughs> this is this is rough." There's something about Minecraft Steve that just I could not. He's built different. Definitely. Definitely. Wow. <laughs> uh, Christian, you got some other uh, games? What you got for me? Having a job in the games industry means I have to be more dialed into various discussions and various games so officially my 2023 catch-up has officially not just uh, begun but it's already like underway significantly um like last wednesday i hadn't beat alan wick too and then that night i had beaten it and then i posted like a silly silly review after the game awards where like i like okay now that the game awards are over i can post like a little like weird thing that i did where like i made a graphic with my my backlogged review and just posted it that was funny uh 
yeah, the finals we talked about. Lego Fortnite is the thing that I tried. I did some videos for Dual Shockers on Lego Fortnite. And I've come to the consensus, like, it's cool. I get the appeal. But it's it's not quite for me. It's a little bit too productive of other games without doing its own thing. And it's too oversimplified for my own taste. Like, I get it. I had fun. Maybe I'll go back one or two times if anyone else wants to jump in for a little while. But, like, by myself, I don't feel the need to, like, go back in myself. Uh, but still wild that that they even made a mode like this that is going to continue to get updates. It is not a limited time event. Uh, Rocket Racing also pretty fun as well. I tried that out. Um, but significantly what I mean by like 2023 catch-up is uh, I have played and, and beaten two more 2023 games since then and also started a third. Um, I sat down and played Jusant, which is the uh game pass don't nod game where you're like rock climbing and that game was pretty great that was like a pretty cool like it's like two or three hours it's not very long uh and like that entire game is just like here's this giant rock that you're gonna climb up for story reasons and now the rest of the mechanic is like all right now here is like your triggers are each of your arms you have to like reach out to the handholds uh you have to keep in mind like like the belay that you have for yourself so you're like able to like put little things down so if you like need to like swing yourself over to a new handhold you can uh and also a stamina meter where like the more you're out and climbing the obviously your stamina is going to drain you have to like stop climbing and like shake your hands and tire like regain stamina uh but like weather conditions and handhold types and like various other little things will uh make your stamina drain faster so all these things make for like a really fun platforming adventure it's like two or three hours you sit down and have a, it's like pretty chill cool music like i i enjoyed you saw like it's probably up there and like in, in my maybe my top it's in my top 10. uh and then i played and beat ghost runner 2. this is like obviously the sequel from from five five games the you know action platforming ghost runner one the sequel to it and uh did not like this one as much mm -hmm. uh I was actually a little bit disappointed in Ghost, Ghost Runner 2. Um, the design philosophy, I think, got a bit too big. Where, like, Ghost Runner 1 is very much like, this is a level-focused game where, like, you go into a new level, your only focus is on, like, cool platforming, a pumping soundtrack, and, like, don't get hit and make sure your combos are, are, are you know, are good so that you survive. And Ghost Runner 2 continuously slows, slows down. There's, like, a hub world that you have to, like, talk to people through where it gets kind of boring um there's like open world segments that like really slow down gameplay where like ghost runner 2 should not be a slow game like it needs to be like a like fast paced uh and then there's like a lot of them in those open world segments like the music is like kind of gone and it, it fits the atmosphere for where you at in the story but like you miss what made the original game so good and it kind of suffers for it uh ghost runner 2 i beat it i, I enjoyed it mostly but i was let down by it as a sequel and then my third game that I'm playing now is uh, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, uh, which, to put it succinctly, is is wonderful. Very cool game. Very cool game. I'm I'm continuously su continuously surprised every single level. It's it's that cool. So wonderful. Great pun. Cage, what you got for? Me? <gasps> oh, <laughs> holy shit! He did the thing. Um, so the finals uh lethal company all that good stuff and then on the recommendation of somebody in this podcast i have booted up and started i'm only about an hour into it 
um, Citizen Sleeper, which is, man, very, very interesting. So I'm not hooked on the gameplay yet. I still need to, like, try and, like, really figure out what's going on here because I've got an ape brain and uh, this is very different than most of the games I play. But reading through that opening, uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, just the opening section of text that when you first wake up and you're reading through all this stuff, I don't know if it was the headspace I was in or what, but man, it hit me like a fucking ton of bricks. I was sitting there and I was like, what am I reading right? Like, what am I experiencing right now? Really, really, uh, yeah, really good stuff. Really kind of like deep stuff that makes really makes you think and kind of like self-reflect digging the vibes really really digging the vibes i'm gonna have to try and uh wrap my head around the whole dice and yeah it's it's the um it's the managing your days and your hours and your energy i haven't quite figured out what equals what and how that works but i'm sold on the vibes of this game like 110 percent the writing is good. I, I think both Ro and I talked about the how, writing like, how, is like, incredible. Like it, it made us cry. Like <laughs> yeah, by the why when we ended our, our game. But yeah, I was feeling. I went with the. Uh, I think I went with the machinist. I don't know. I don't know which one I should have picked. If there's a. If there's a. Mm. If there's a meta, so to say. But uh, I picked the machinist as my as my character just based off of the looks. So I was like, yeah, this guy looks cool. But yeah really really kind of like like it's depressing but it's also kind of like intriguing at the same time so it's like you're getting pulled into this really dark and decrepit kind of like world that that they're building um which which the more the more you read it and the more you reflect is kind of not too far off from the one that we live in in some ways unfortunately Mm -hmm. so very very cool stuff i'm excited to to uh, get deeper into that it took me a while to figure it out too i think the more you go into it the more the gameplay will become yeah. more fun in the in, just, it'll be fun to manage the, and uh, the first stuff. hour is like kind of tutorializing like you don't really get the groove until like by the end of the second hour okay yeah and it's Did also you, like not a long game either so like yeah, yeah. right Did, there was dlc for it right they added a new story yeah i never went back to play it unfortunately me either but me either they're making a second one so i'll definitely be there for that well let us get deeper into Uh the topic of the show (laughs) the topic of the show guys we're gonna start with christian your uh wrap-up of our announcement prediction results yeah uh you got a little doc there the past two weeks we did two different predictions one for reveals and one for the actual winners so i'll quickly go through uh the reveals points it is incredible how poorly we did this year i'll preface it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll preface it by that, yeah. and I'll do it like round robin, where I'll, I'll I'll go down the line and then just you know say how many points we have so far. So the order is Dan, Row, Me, Gage, Dan, GTA Six trailer with a release date of Fall 2024 did not happen at the Game Awards. Also, no 2024. That's 2025. Yeah. Row said Ark Raiders gets the trailer, no release date, but a beta is announced. No, not <laughs> happen at all. I concurred with Daniel. I said GTA 6 opens the show and we get a trailer with a release date. Of course, no. Uh, Gage said we get a 10-minute trailer for Death Stranding 2 with a release window. <laughs> we got a 10-minute, okay. like, Koji We got Mon, eight Gage. minutes of him talking. On, yeah, yeah, I was good. Yeah. Oh, I was in the right headspace. I was in the right headspace. Yeah, yes, but not for the wrong reasons. 
Right. Zero, zero points across the board for us. Uh, continuing Death Stranding, Dan says, Dan Stranding, Death Stranding gameplay trailer with a release date of Q2 2024. Of course, that wasn't there. Uh, Ro said Elden Ring trailer. I'm assuming it was like DLC. I probably missed DLC, but Elden Ring DLC trailer. No, no. Unfortunately, the week before, uh, producer uh, of the DLC said, uh, it's not ready to go just yet. Uh, I similarly said Death Stranding 2 gameplay trailer that is longer than five minutes. It'll get an official title, not called DS2, and a release date of October 2024 with Elle Fanning featured in the trailer. No, no, yeah, none of that. That's a lot. That's a lot. I kind of went overboard on that one. Is that negative points? <laughs> you got overzealous, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then Gage says, uh, Avowed gets a release date for summer. Uh, still, still zero points across the board. That's crazy. We fumbled hard this year. <laughs> Until Dan came with his third prediction. Oh. Hellblade 2 release date trailer coming Q1 2024. We, we got Hellblade 2 as a trailer. It was not a release date trailer and it was not coming Q1 2024. So we're, half, half a point there for Hellblade showing up, I think, is, is, is apt, correct? Sure. Yeah. I'll take it. Cool. <laughs> so point five. Roshan came in and said, uh, Capcom reveals its next Monster Hunter game uh, with a release oh. window of summer 2024. Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, God damn it. I don't think it got released. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but they did. They did. Half a point. Uh, Elden Ring Shadow of the Ur Tree, this is me, uh, gets a release date trailer. Uh, sorry, gets a trailer and a release date of March 2024. No, zero. Uh, Gage with the first full point prediction. We get an awkward mainstream celebrity cameo uh, from outside the games industry. Fam, we got multiple of those. Pew, pew, pew. Am I right? Nice. <laughs> nice. Gage right, right. playing the game, man, and getting a full point. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, oops. Oh, I skipped no, one no, of no. Gage's. I oh. skipped one of Gage's. I, I bet you're going to detract the point. That was his, okay. Well, that's fine. Dan coming in for this fourth saying God of War Ragnarok DLC announced coming summer. You were almost there. Almost. And it released right or right now, or I guess uh, next week, and it's free. Uh, Ro, I also skipped your third one. <laughs> your third one was Play Dead announced its new sci-fi oh, game. God. We're still waiting. We're Someday. still waiting. I threw a Hail Mary with Silk Song gets a surprise trailer with a release date. Sadly, it is slated for April and not today. Uh, zero points. Still no Silk Song anywhere. Uh, Gage's third was that Ga God of War Ragnarok gets a DLC teaser. Oh. I highlighted that one. This one is yellow because I wanted to see what you guys are feeling. If this is like a considered a half a point or a full point or how are we feeling on this one? I throw it to you, everyone. I would like this wasn't a teaser. This was like right. like a straight trailer That's for like true. the yeah. game is coming out now. That's true. I w I'm gonna I'm gonna start off negotiations with a half point. <laughs> I think half I would, points here. I would give you a half I, point because yeah. I was going to yes. give you a full point. That's yes, half point. I think half. Shane was gonna give me a fuck. Good. I gotta let him start next. <laughs> <laughs> so as we go into our fifth and final prediction, no, you know what? No, if you guys lost track. That's on you. I'll be quiet until because we're already on the last one. Uh, last one. Daniel said Gears Six trailer with a release date of fall twenty twenty four. We're still waiting. Still waiting. 
Roshan, Open Roads returns with a release date. This one was not at the Game Awards. This happened yeah, on its own. Before, I think. Yeah. So I highlighted this as yellow. Do, does this count? Because I don't I think it was affiliated no. with the actual show. Yeah, I'd say no, unfortunately. Because it wasn't even like them trying to get ahead wow. of leaks or anything because it wasn't at the show at all. They just traded it out. I was yeah. gonna give Roe fifty points, but he said zero. 50. So okay. fuck you, yeah. Dale. Same thing. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. But I'm glad it happened. Yeah, right. Finally, uh, my fifth and final was that Machine Games comes back to show off a gameplay trailer for Indiana Jones. No, still, still haven't seen uh, that game. And then Gage is the last one, as always. State of the Game three, an engine trailer <laughs> with a release window. Zero. <laughs> God damn it! Oh, so, your standings are as follows. Me in fourth place with exactly zero points. Wow. Did not move the needle at all. Roshan in third with half a point for his Capcom trailer, Monster Hunter. Age ones. Daniel with a full point for his God of War and his Hellblade. And then, yeah, Gage with 1.5. fucking go, God. boys. <laughs> a W is a W. That's what I'm fucking talking about. It's about time. <laughs> now you know what's funny i always i always think to myself that i am the one who gets overhyped for these game shows and i don't i don't keep it in line i was like i'm gonna dial it back this year but looking at all of our predictions we all have a pattern of like this of like this is crazy like none of we are all way off base yep <laughs> mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely one of these years one of us is going to be right eventually <laughs> on one thing on one of those crazy predictions on one of those things right, yeah right. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we move into Game Awards 2023 prediction results for the actual awards. And I'm assuming we're just going to talk yeah. about the 15 that we predict. Yes. Yeah. And if you want to talk about any of the winners, then feel free. I wrote them down. Uh, best multiplayer went to Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, I got that one correct. Dan said Diablo. Rose said Diablo. One point for me. Best Fighting, which was relegated to, I think, an off-screen award, uh, went to Street Fighter VI, which I got right and Ro got right, uh, and Daniel uh, guessing Mortal Kombat 1. Did not happen. Oops. Best RPG, another one that was relegated to the, like, speed awards, went to Baldur's Gate 3, which we all guessed correctly. Congrats to all of us. <laughs> Let's go. Best action adventure game, another one that was relegated to the side, went to Tears of the Kingdom. Congratulations, Daniel, for that full point. I guessed Spider-Man 2. Uh, oh, sorry, Ro, you also guessed Tears of the Kingdom. So that is another point for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best action game. I don't know what this went to because we all guessed Hi-Fi Rush and we all got that wrong. I'm assuming this was uh, Armored Core 6, if I remember right. Yep. I think this was Armored Core 6, which I was, yeah. Nominated for one award, won one award. Let's go, baby. Spider-Man, nominated for seven, won how many? That many. <laughs> Best, <laughs> Best debut indie, which did get an uh, on-stage award. Uh, Rogue guessed Pizza Tower. No. I guessed Dredge. No. Dan with his, like, I don't know, Cocoon? Yes. <laughs> Cocoon won that award. <laughs> Strangely, Best Independent Game did not get an on-stage award. 
Uh, Cocoon was Daniel's guess again. Did not win. Sea of Stars is mine and Rose. And yes, Sea of Stars is one that did win. Best performance. We all guessed Ben Starr. No, the <laughs> award went to Niall for his work in Baldur's Gate 3. Zero points across the board for us there. Best audio design is kind of a Hail Mary for us. We were, there's a lot of great options there to pick from. Ro and I both guessed Dead Space for Moda's work on the remake. And no, it actually went to Hi-Fi Rush. And Dan correctly guessed Hi-Fi Rush. Accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say real quick that uh, we're level, all three of us, for uh, tied right now with predictions. Wow. So all of us have four points right now. Shit. We have one, two, three, four, five predictions left. Best score in music, Hi-Fi Rush, is what Dan guessed. No. Tears of the Kingdom, says Ro? No. Dang. It went for the man who, uh, yeah, Final Fantasy 16. From the bed of, from his cancer bed. Yes. From his uh, cancer I heard, bed. I learned about that today. I was like, what? Oh, wow. Best art direction, Daniel guessed Mario Wonder? No. Ro with Hi-Fi Rush? No. Went to Alan Wake 2. It's kind of the beginning of a little bit of an Alan Wake sweep. Best narrative, Daniel and I. Huzzah. We both guessed correctly. It was Alan Wake 2. It was Roe that was incorrect for his guess of Baldur's Gate 3. Final two, best game direction. Dan and I both thought this would go to Aonuma for uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Did not. It actually went to Sam Lake for Alan Wake 2. Congratulations, Roe, for that correct guess. And lastly, Game of the Year. Daniel, Tears of the Kingdom? No. Baldur's Gate 3, says Ro and I? Yes. Your total standings then is Daniel in third place with uh, five, Ro in second with six, and me in first with eight. Dang. Ran away with it. <laughs> not bad, not bad. I was actually feeling pretty iffy on a lot of these, so I, th I think I did okay considering. There was a lot of good categories. What was right. not good, Daniel? Oh, that's that's a good point. Uh, there, oh, best that's ongoing, ongoing game. game. That's right. <laughs> yes. Best Here. ongoing game, which we will just mention right now. Cyberpunk 2077 won best ongoing game. And uh, they posted a little tweet after the game awards when sean murray was uh tweeting fuck because uh someone said uh in a comment okay sean don't overpromise. just say we've been working on something and show some clips and then they put in quotes i'm making earth and sean murray saying fuck because he's you know over selling or yeah uh and cyberpunk responds yes the best ongoing game cyberpunk responds with you can always fix it later Congrats on the impressive reveal. Terrible comment. Terrible comment. Oh, and yeah, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to plaster this on all the developers that have been working hard on making this comeback, so to speak, because maybe I'm, I'm sure many of them don't feel what this comment says. But the fact that this community manager or whoever posted this absolutely horrific post I, I i just don't understand how we could be excited about giving best ongoing game to a company that po posts this not to mention the, in my opinion that not even fulfilling that category but right 
and it's setting it's setting a dangerous precedent too because I think it was just a few months ago that one of the big wigs at uh, I don't know if it's CD Projekt or if it was their publishing arm, but somebody one of the C-suite fucking assholes said something about uh, that he thinks that the the backlash to Cyberpunk wasn't actually that bad and it was overblown at launch. So there's already kind of like this feeling of like of bumping responsibility of that game. So then to now be rewarded for fixing the game afterwards, I don't see how this makes, how this is going to help developers in the long run with publishers setting unrealistic dates and making developers work these insane hours to then finish. Like this is just bad all around. I think what, what this implies is like, it does not matter how you release your game. So long as one, we get your money, and two, we fix it down the line. We will still get the flowers. It, it does not matter what happens when you release it. It's like, no, this one, this one hundred percent. You charge people full price for this game, knowing it was broken. What do you mean? This, this is absolutely off. I and the tweet is still up. Like, does nobody care? What? This game was delisted from PlayStation. Yeah, that is unheard of. What what's the other game that's just been recently delisted from a major platform the day before? <laughs> like this is insane, and I, I it it's like I mean we're all on the same page. I don't know why I'm getting animated about it, but like it's just it's crazy to me that this game would be acknowledged and like we were saying like there's a there's a few games that we thought should should have been nominated that weren't and that were nominated that didn't. I remember as we were watching this live streaming that some this category came up and we were all joking about it, and I. It was so out of the realm of possibility that I said out loud, could you imagine if Cyberpunk actually won? And then he opens the envelope and the best award for ongoing game goes to Cyberpunk. What a, how disrespectful to the industry and to like to game developers, to consumers. Like this game launched on Xbox One and PS4 and it did not run. It did not work. That's crazy. Insanity. I think disrespectful is like the best way to put it because <laughs> it really is, especially like as you said, as we've been saying, at a place that's supposed to be celebrating game awards. There are so many other games that have been doing what that award is supposed to encompass better than Cyberpunk. And it, it's really sad. And I love Cyberpunk, but it wasn't what it was now at launch and how they got, how they have gotten away with it and got a nice award is, uh, is crazy. Wild. Right. I don't think any of us expected it to win. Like, you know, have what you will about the nominee of Cyberpunk, but I don't think any of us actually expected it to win. It was insane. And I just want to throw this out there because, I mean, they're they're, they're tweeting to Sean Murray and there's like this No Man's Sky connection. I don't think No Man's Sky won any awards simply for just turning it around. The game is a legitimate MMO experience so like mm-hmm. no man's sky launched it had its it had its issues it was not the game that was promised there's no beating around the bush they fixed it and then they continue to support the game in an ongoing fashion right. that's why this game earns the accolades that it gets because it's they've done they've done like 220 percent of what the game was originally supposed to be like it's not so the fact that they're tweeting with this i don't want people to start using that as like an excuse to be like oh well no man's sky completely different scenarios completely different situations and they like uh cd project said like phantom liberty is like the one and only dlc that 
see uh cyberpunk is getting it's literally not yeah. ongoing it's right. not <laughs> it's game. like not ongoing at all and this is like this isn't a community vote right this is like people who are on the board voting for this which is even more insane like these are the people that are playing these games and are supposed to know what yeah. these games mean and are still picking the wrong, obvious wrong choice in my opinion and i think a lot of people agree with that right but yeah that's that i don't know that's and it's kind of sad <laughs> i think there needs to be some accountability there i think they need to be more transparent about who is actually voting on these things like yes Je jeff always talks about that he's not on the board he doesn't choose the games that's cool and i respect that but we need to know who is voting on this stuff because some of this doesn't make sense to me um very good point. Very good point, Dan. And you know what? It, it makes me wonder too. Like when we see things like advisory board, like what does that mean? Like what? What's yes? I, like what's the connection? Who's making these decisions? Who has input and influence over the show and the and the winners? That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Let's uh let's jump real quick into the last part because I would like to get Gage's thoughts before he has to do a hard out here in a few minutes. Uh, I know it's very very soon, Gage. Um, but we do want to have a discussion. How do we improve the game awards? There's a lot of problems with how the game awards uh is structured, and we have some different you know opinions on how that you know should take shape or or shouldn't take shape or whatnot uh but i i think there there's always absolutely room for a conversation to how do we how do we improve the game awards like right you know consistently staying the same way or changing things up just for the sake of changing things uh, doesn't seem to be working so i think we need to you know think about some meaningful improvements to make this show better, I guess. Um, so Gage, like, just want to get some of your thoughts before you have to run out of here on what you think about For sure. some changes. Yeah. I, I, I want to start off by saying, like, the, the main crux of the issue with the Game Awards, and I think it's something that's maybe easy to get lost in the shuffle or that's, uh, that maybe is... Um, being left to be something that's that's implied and maybe not explicitly said, but the Game Awards, it's not an issue that the Game Awards are bad or that the Game Awards uh, are somehow um, a net negative. It's that the I think the issue that a lot of people are having is that it's the identity for which the Game Awards gives to itself, and then what we end up seeing, right? So the Game Awards, the, the the issue that I am starting to have, and this this year it became more clear than ever, is that Jeff Keighley has always described the Game Awards as a night to celebrate games and the people who make them. Um, now, obviously, uh, you know, big reveals and world premieres and all that stuff has, has always been in the Game Awards. It's always been a part of its identity. But... Jeff Keighley is never, he's always described them as an awards show, right? Regardless of what actually happens, when Jeff Keighley talks about the Game Awards, he always talks about them as an awards show and for uh, acknowledging devs and all that stuff. And so this year, um, it just, it felt more apparent than most that devs were kind of being shuffled and, and, and put on the back burner to allow for these more elaborate set pieces and for these 
celebrity hosts and all this stuff. And I think in a year that's been as turbulent as this one has been for game developers, while also still being a blockbuster year that with all these standouts, um, that it just felt tone deaf. And if there's one place that um, something shouldn't be tone deaf is a celebration of, a, of an industry at an industry event like this. You know what I mean? Like, that's the last place you'd expect to get that feeling. And I can only imagine some of the devs, how they felt to uh, win some of these awards, only to find out that they're not, they're not only, I mean, they're not, they're not going up on stage, they're not getting this, this time they want to thank people. There's so many different things. So, um, yeah, I, 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 think, I think we all kind of feel somewhat similar in, in that regards, but it feels like acknowledging the devs and the people who make these games is coming secondary to these big marketing sort of reveals. And I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? Let's somebody else jump in. I go. There's like there's like really nothing more to me for me to add on that front. Engage pretty much summarized all of my feelings. I I think if and I'll say anything about the awards for themselves. Like I think the like night of and the day after, I was so taken aback. But I guess like the lack of focus on awards that I was almost like angry for the devs. And I think there's like enough justification for like multiple like articles and like think pieces from insiders and like various like devs to be outspoken about that. I totally think that's justified i think my initial thought of like the game wars like doesn't need to happen anymore and they need to shift into like summer games like winter games fest you know whatever the conversation was on twitter like is the move for them i'm probably walking that one back listening to other people talk throughout the games industry this week like put things into perspective there is a way to just do some minor tweaks and get the award show that we're not even that we want but one that is like significantly better than that when we got this year and and the answer is like you don't even need to do less ads. You just need to do less like time doing these weird bits that are getting like exorbitantly like more airtime than the actual awards themselves. If you cut back on like Kojima's eight to nine minutes on Gonzo talking for three minutes, what have you, suddenly you have like so much more time right. to include uh, awards that like were relegated to off screen. And if you bump up the time by an extra 30 seconds, which is double the amount of time, and then start the time when they actually get on stage, suddenly you have an award show that is actually like feels like it's actually focusing on the awards as well as providing, you know, entertainment for like the reveals and is like, and it's like, uh, you know, making advertisers happy. You have like a more of a balance because this year did not feel like a balance at all. It felt extremely stifled. Right. I think and it comes down to like the fact that this is a show called the Game Awards. If I went to go watch Gran Turismo and, you know, 75 of the 90 minutes was spent with people talking and then like there is a little bit of race car driving at the end, I'd be like, OK, what the hell's going on here? This is this is this is called Gran Turismo. Where's the Gran? Where's the Gran or the Turismo? Um, and so when you have a game, when you have a night that's called the Game Awards, it doesn't matter that, you know, it's all that uh, what its DNA is it, that has all these reveals and uh, celebrity entertainers. This is the way it's always been. It's like I understand that, but at the same time, it's it's something that is kind of like it's called the Game Awards. So, oh. go ahead. Something someone mentioned because uh, you know I, I tweeted like think of how much money Jeff would save 
by not getting someone like Timothy Chalamet at the Game Awards. Let's be real. No one is watching the Game Awards because Timothy Chalamet is presenting an award. I I think the move and what but what like journal journalists and developers were saying is like get last year's winners to present the award for the new winner, which is what the Oscars yeah. do. And if what this if this show is trying to do what the Oscars are, which is be like the award show for the games industry, because let's be real, this is what it's trying to do, despite many people saying like it's something else. It it's trying to be the Oscars of the game of video games. That's like what it's trying to do. Then just have like the winners from last year present. You will save right. so much money. Suddenly you have much more much more flexibility in the in the show you're doing. Right. I think I think it all comes back to like Jeff what what Jeff's game plan is, what he wants to accomplish, the criticism that people have, it none of it is ever like trying to shut it down. If anything, a lot of this criticism is trying to guide him towards what he says he wants to do, right? And and somebody uh is is Alana Pierce that brought this up. She had a she had a pretty good video about this. And this is something that I think about a lot, and um, I think a lot of people have probably said this, but there's still this air of, like, insecurity with the Game Awards, where it's like, we're trying to be taken seriously, so let's get all these A-list celebrities here. Let's get these mainstream movie actors. See, look, we're just like them. We're just like them. As opposed to just take a breath, Take yourself seriously because video games are a serious force of like entertainment. They're they're massive. They're huge. So instead of looking for approval for like these A-list celebrities to get all these people here, like Christian said, throw all that out the window and just have people in the industry be here, be surrounded by their peers, and just, you know, work amongst each other. And I, I think having the previous winners be the ones to announce the next ones like that's perfect i mean these but, people are already here they want to be here that's the thing like you don't have to pay all, like sean you don't have to pay phil spencer to come to the game awards he's gonna come here anyways you don't have to pay christopher judge to come to the game awards he's gonna dude, come here anyways oh christopher judge uh like announced the winner for best performance right right can you remember can you remember who anthony mackie presented for no i can't right that's a right there you you just nailed it right there. I can't. Yeah, but I get your point. <laughs> oh, what was it? Do you remember? Wasn't it best adaptation because it was right? Uh, okay, I guess this called? makes sense. All right, you got me I on might, this one, bro. I might be wrong, but I, <laughs> I agree with. What, I agree the point though. I like we don't need those those celebrities and the exactly what you said. They're spending too much time on people that don't care about the industry because they're just to me when I'm looking at them on stage, they're not taking it seriously. They're just phoning it in because yes. they were paid to be there and they're just doing this long-winded speech about stretching like the amount of time that simulator oh had, my god it's like what are you talking about i don't give a crap about what you're talking about right now and i don't think you do either and it was an advertisement for his game so i guess that was why he was there but it's like i don't know there the i think there was something that i said when uh we were watching it and i i admit that i, I think i was giving the game awards too much of a benefit of the doubt while watching it because i wasn't enjoying what i was watching it right but I was watching it for a different reason than what it's supposed to be for. And I was like enjoying the announcement stuff, but it wasn't, they weren't giving enough time to the awards. And I, was, I think I said something like, if, what about repeats? Like, why, why should they have, why should Baldur's Gate come on stage over and over and over if it gets uh, multiple awards? And Christian was like, and, and they're like, that's true. Like, so, so what? what? So what? They should absolutely right. be able to go on stage as many times as they win awards because I see like devs crying 
in their seats when they win an award, like their their people go up on stage to collect their awards. Like this shit matters to them that they get to finally go on stage after years and years and years of working on something. And even if it's just for 30 seconds, even though it shouldn't be for 30 seconds, they get to finally say, yes, we fucking did it. We did it. Like right. now we get to bask in our glory for working on this for years and years and years for essentially us talking about it for like a month. We may talk for it for the year, but most of the time they get like a week or a month in the limelight. And we never talk about their game again, unless it's like a topic of the show or it's like it's, it's forgotten and they work on the next thing. So it's like we do need to, I think we all agree that they do need to get their time to shine and be on stage and finally talk about the shit that they've been working on right. all this time instead of like the best independent game didn't get any screen time, which is an insane, insane that Sea of Stars didn't get to go up on stage and say anything about their game. That's nuts. And that, there's a, in contrast to the Oscars, somebody could win an award at the Oscars, an actor could win an award for like two or three different movies because film is intrinsically different than games in that you can make three or four films in a year. Like you can be one actor and be a part of three or four different projects. But like, Ro, you just nailed it perfectly. A lot of these guys are working on a project for like two, three, four, five years to release it and then to not get your time to shine at yeah. again at the self-described game <laughs> awards that's the thing and and again there's a difference between the event that you're watching and you know the purpose it's trying to serve because the event was good and i agree with you like it wasn't until afterwards that i did reflection on this and i reflected on the on the show that i started to that i started to notice all the holes in it but like as i was watching it i was entertained but the problem is that I think this is something that Jeff Keighley doesn't realize is that the people who are tuning into this already like video games. You don't have to try and like convince them that it's cool. Mm -hmm. Like I'm watching this. I don't need Timothy Chalamet to fucking tell me that like, oh, I used to build control. Like, I don't care. I used to do that too. Cool. Good for you. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm here to watch, to see games and to, and to connect with these developers and to, you know, hear why you like... I want to know. I want to know how you feel about this. I want to see these people win. I want to see these people shine. And uh, and it, it's it's tough because I do want those announcements and I want a lot of them, but I also want the people to go on stage and get their time. So I understand his like dilemma here, but I don't think I think he overcorrected a little too much this year. Yeah. But like I understand that like in most cases I won't be fully pleased <laughs> like if if they just do only awards i think to an extent i would be more happy with that because that's what you're branding it as but like of course i want to see the announcements and stuff like that too but it's just when that overshadows what the game wars is supposed to be like about that gets me upset i guess i i listen to well i'll just say this like we're talking so passionately about it because we obviously care about the show right and and we're going to keep caring about the show. We're probably we're probably going to keep watching the show. Um, but I listened to kind of funny's um, games daily conversation about it because it's pretty insightful. It was Greg and Blessing going back and forth, and and Greg started started his like kind of take with like, you know, if you want this kind of award show that you're like asking for, uh, there's dice, which is fair. It, it's valid. But then I then I thought about it, I was like, well, let's think about like viewership, like dice. Okay. The Game Awards last year has racked over 100 million views. 100 million streams, man. You know how much the DICE Awards this year got? Less than 3,000 views. Yes, in terms of prestige, DICE is probably the one that is like 
the one, I guess, that matters in terms of like for developers. But in terms of like cultural cachet, getting a game award like fundamentally means something. It's the same way like when a, when a movie wins like movie of the year at the Oscars, like that will move the needle for the general population to like go and like yeah. check out this movie that they never heard of. And the pay attention for their future works. And, and, and people who are, this, it's the same way with games. When you have 100 million people watching, of course, hearing that Baldur's Gate 3 won Game of the Year is going to move the needle in some capacity. It was kind of the wrong way this week with people being like, what is Baldur's Gate 3? Spider-Man 2 should have won. But you get what I'm saying. Like, this, right. like it has like a footprint. Like, it, 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 it is actually moving the needle. So, where was I going with this? Dice. Who, versus... who, all I'm trying to say is like, we're... We want the show to be better because it can be better. And you can make this, uh, these minor tweaks to make a better show. Right. Because people are watching. Damn. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. And I totally, I'm on board for making changes for the better and all of that. Like, and, and I agree, Christian, like, I don't think that, you know, pointing to the dice awards or, you know, the other illustrious industry award shows that don't get the viewership. I don't think that that's the right answer to just, you know, pigeon that off and say, no, just go to that if you want, like, you know, real official awards. I definitely agree that, you know, we should focus on improving the game awards and that still can be awesome and exist for developers. But I also think. You know, for instance, uh, you guys were talking about previous winners presenting. I think that's perfect. I think that's what should happen is previous award winners should present the awards. But Christian, you mentioned, for instance, that um, they're trying to be like the Oscars in doing that, which maybe that's the inspiration uh, of, you know, uh, them trying to aspire to that. But I, personally, I don't think that Jeff really wants it to be the Oscars of the Game Award. Like, I don't think that they that Jeff necessarily wants that, like for right or wrong reasons. And, you know, it is his show. It, it, he funded right. the original show after Spike TV pulled out. Spike, yeah. And uh, and I do think that he really, you know, he does care about the industry as a whole and the awards should be supplement or i'm sorry the reveals should be supplemental to the awards not vice versa and i think that was the right. problem this year that the awards were supplemental to the reveals and i think that's personally my biggest takeaway from what could be grown from the show is flip-flopping that uh and like jeff has talked about he wants to expand the video game industry to as many people as possible and I think that's why we get for, again, right or wrong reasons, why we get Timothy right. Chalamet and all these people, because it's not necessarily for the people watching live who are big gamers. It's for, you know, those uh, takeaways and headlines after the show that, you know, your mainstream media picks up and says, Timothy Chalamet was at the oh. Game Awards. And then you're doing it for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. That's fair. I mean, that is a fair criticism. I'm. I just think I don't know if that necessarily does that negatively impact the game industry to have more people aware of what's going on, I guess. Separate from the totality of all the issues that we're talking about, I just think that, you know, having Timothy Chalamet there isn't natively an issue. I feel like that 
sure. all the others yeah. Oh, yeah. kind of yeah. compounded that. But like, that's just my. But, the, no, because you, you're right. Because the real issue is like in a perfect world, we could have a, a, a place where like you don't need these kinds of things. When in reality, like, no, like th that obviously does help it for headlines. And then you get more eyes on the actual because you're right. That is 100 percent why they do things like this. I just wish it weren't that way. Right. Right. That's fair. And that's and I and I think I think it's I think part of the problem too is that for many years the there has been a criticism that the game awards are very very long, so then to have this issue where it's like please wrap it up and it's like this is a three yeah. and a half hour show who the fuck are you telling to please wrap it up you know what I mean like that's that's part of the issue where it's like you can I think we can have both of these things we can have these great reveals we can have these crazy zany wacky dance numbers, but. Which is good. You're scheduling a, th which is great, which is good, and I love, I love watching clips show up in my timeline. I'm like, yeah, this was fucking, this was crazy. But Gage, do you have a hard out? By the way, I don't want you to be late for out. work. I do have a hard out. I'm gonna leave right after this. But right. yeah, if, if if the show is gonna be three hours long, there is absolutely some. You can fudge the books. You can you can move some numbers around and give developers the time that they want. People are talking about like, oh, we should be able to bump it up from thirty seconds to a minute, like. I think all every single category should be able to have two minutes to talk if they want. And then, you know, like it. And that's the thing. Start with that. Block out that schedule that in your itinerary. And then and then you do your bits afterwards. Then you write your bits around that and you see how much time you have left. You know what I mean? As opposed to, well, sorry, hurry, hurry up. I got to I got to get the puppet on stage so that we could do a fucking <laughs> Sesame Street beat or whatever the fuck. I don't know. But yes, that's my heart out. GG's keep talking and uh, uh, keep on gaming. Thanks, Gage. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Bye, Ginky. Uh. <laughs> and I guess the last thing I'll say is that shout out to Rebecca Valentine for her IGN article where she reached out to the winners of the Game Awards uh, for their chance to, to speak, um, which I thought was like incredible. Um, I mean, not much more to add yes. there. Like, if there's going to be any place to do it, like, at least it will exist in, in writing somewhere. Yes, that was very cool. I'm glad you added that because I saw that and I meant to add that and I completely forgot the all the speeches that didn't get spoken, I guess. Uh, <laughs> one, one more thing that I, one more improvement I, that I feel like they could make that I thought of uh, in terms of the timing, Jeff already knows all the winners, like as far as I'm aware. He already knows all the I, winners. Right. So structurally i personally feel like they could and i i totally get what both of you are saying about you know developers should be able to go up there as many times as they want or whatever but i feel like it would be far better suited for time if they took something like you know if your best narrative and best rpg and best i don't know something else you if you know that they've won all three of those awards position it so that you know whatever you feel like is the the most prestigious award you announce that one and then they come on stage and you say also they won best narrative and best this and you give them more time to speak because of them winning multiple awards so instead of you know Personally, I do think they need more time. 30 seconds, that's not enough time for one person. So give them two minutes or two and a half minutes to speak with those three awards that they won uh, and have your normal people speaking for you know a minute and a half or whatever, whatever you decide, two minutes. Uh, and then 
you're gonna fucking hate this but but i already did i'm sorry you're gonna well this next piece you're gonna hate but the stuff like gonzo and that kind of stuff i don't see that going away so how do you position that better make gonzo fucking present a best ongoing game for instance like fucking cyberpunk was the nominee so that's clearly not yeah. that serious so have gonzo come out yeah and and make that part of the show like instead of having those weird you know jeff commenting which jeff loves his muppets so it's a weird fascination but um, as we all should yeah <laughs> but yeah I, just small things like that the time that you're getting back from small changes like that i feel like would pay off in the long run as well yes yeah and it would make for a totally different show like any of these ideas you start implementing these and it would make for a totally different show agreed yeah they yeah i think we what we all can agree on is that they spent way too much time on reveals compared to proportionally to the game to the um awards yeah. yeah, I think people were doing math. I think the, the night of uh, the game awards, and like, here's how much ma- or time minutes was spent on this, minutes on this, and like at the very bottom was obviously like um, winners and stuff, which is like eight, like eight minutes or something, like crazy. Very not, not a lot, not a lot of time. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And also, why do we have a thirty-minute pre-show with more reveals and not have you know? Or just have the 30-minute pre-show dedicated to reveals and then fucking put the awards in the award show. Like, the main show. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, the, like Christian mentioned, the, how uh, Sokin, where the guy who did the best score for Final Fantasy 16 was in his was hospital bed, and that award was, like, off screen as well and I, I learned about the hospital bed thing in, in a skill up video today <laughs> like i should have learned about that at the game awards where he won the award yes. like from him or somebody else should have been able to, to well, say that or share that story like, remember yeah do you remember when 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 uh larian was going to announce that baldur's gate 3 is now on xbox and they weren't able to because they were ushered off stage like that's like that's an announcement but like there was a lot of stuff like you know, the other one about like uh, talking about how his, people from the development studio were like, you know, died during the development and like mm. having that like be juxtaposed with a picture of like, uh, please wrap it up. Like, just it doesn't make for good optics, sadly. So, like, yeah, you got to fix that stuff a little bit. And honestly, I, I, I have I maybe too much faith, but I, I have faith that he will fix it. Like, like Dan, I agree with Dan that I, I do think Jeff like does care to a, a certain degree that he will make those changes and hopefully have a better reward show next year or the year after. I don't know how much planning goes into... I don't know if he started planning already or if it's closer down the line, but yeah. I, I SGF is next, I think. Right, that's true. Yeah, but yeah I, 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 I hope that he's listening, and I, I believe that he's listening. Sorry, one more thing I just thought of as well that I think you guys briefly talked about. I... I absolutely he shouldn't have glossed over or not even talked about the developer layoffs because like that was a major issue this year like and you know i'm sure he has all of his um 
people on the board or whatever that are many of those companies that laid off those people, which is a tricky thing to navigate, I get, but you know, you navigated when Activision was having all of its problems and you spoke up about, you know, workplace uh, issues in that that game awards and Activision was actually on the board that year. Uh, so and of course, Konami and Hideo Kojima, that was very uh, outspoken about that as well. Well, Konami, whatever he said. <laughs> yeah. We've got some uh, some good suggestions here. Good good ideas flowing. Jeff, call us up. <laughs> call us up. Uh, anything else you guys uh, want to mention before we close out the show? I think we covered it. Okay. Thank you again to everyone joining us live on YouTube and Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Gage, who is running to work. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. See you.